Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Tell us about the receipts you are keeping. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Alcotta back on the fan. While you were sleeping, started the show talking about game two of the ALDS Yankees and the Guardians. Finally, we will get to game two later on this afternoon, 107, an afternoon start after the postponement on Thursday. This, of course, after the built-in off day on Wednesday, and it feels like this isn't even a, a series. It feels like it's really going to be game one here, but the Yanks are up. One game to none. Nestor Cortez will be on the mound against Shane Bieber. And I don't know what type of impact the layoff is going to have for the Yankees or really the Guardians at this point. Who knows what the, you know, now playing these games consecutive days, how that's going to impact the series. You would think maybe it takes a toll on the bullpen if starters don't go deep. But the Yankees are just better than Cleveland. And they need to put them away in game two. The only chance Cleveland has to make this a series is win game two with Bieber. And maybe if there was any concern, it would be okay. Bieber going for Cleveland plus the day game where I feel like it kind of neutralizes the intimidating crowd a little bit at night. Yankee stadium, especially in game one, you felt it a hungry crowd. They were ready to be back in the postseason. First time, there's been a postseason game in the Bronx since 2019, pre-pandemic. And you felt it. You felt that edge, that nastiness. And in a day game, I'm not sure you get that. So maybe Cleveland can be a little more loose, a little more comfortable in a friendlier environment. Now, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like that during a day game. Maybe there will be hostile crowd. Who knows? But if anything, that would be the only thing I could think of that might impact the game in a positive way for for Cleveland having the afternoon start, not having as raucous a crowd. But nonetheless, the Yankees are better. And it's always been about the Yankees and the Astros all year long. And now we're only a couple of wins away for the Yankees from potentially seeing that as the Astros go up two games to none in their series over Seattle. And they are one win away from returning to the ALCS. Yeah, the Mets offseason, it's always been a focal point. What are they going to do here once the World Series ends and free agency begins, what, five, seven days after that? What's going to happen with the Mets? At some point, we need to hear from Epler and Showalter, and I get the feel that we will. I just, I mean, usually they do. And uh, I don't know if it's uh, if players are going to go and, and clean out their lockers, if they have that type of setting, but usually there's at least an... Excuse me. Usually there's at least the end of the season wrap up with the GM and the manager, maybe even the owner. And we get to hear from them. And at least that makes you feel better. And there's some fresh thought as to what's going to happen with the organization as opposed to us just assuming or wondering or guessing. Anyway, we've been talking about that. Of course, week six in the NFL, a big weekend for both locals. Who would think that week six, a big weekend? Last several years, I, I don't know what to do with myself. Last several years, the Jets and Giants are out of it by week two. It's amazing to have relevant football games for both locals coming up in week six. And we will have just that with the Jets taking on the Packers in Green Bay. 
What are the Jets made of? Are they a legitimate playoff contender? I think this week will show us a lot. What are the Packers made of? Are they actually good or no? After losing to the Giants, I think everything comes into question now with Aaron Rodgers and his Packers. So we'll find out. That's a tough spot for the Jets. Off of a loss for the Packers. Off a bad loss for the Packers. Returning home to take on the Jets at Lambeau. That is a difficult spot for the Jets. We'll see if they can keep this close and competitive. We'll see if they have a chance to win the game. If they did, people would be nuts about this Jets team. If they get out of Green Bay with a victory. Same could be said for the Giants. Looking to get to 5-1 and one on the year. It's been a near-perfect start for Brian Dable and the Giants. Even the game that they lost, they had an opportunity against Dallas. But nonetheless, 4-1 and one is still a terrific start. Coming off a big win against the Packers in London a week ago. Can they, I don't want to say do the impossible, but does anybody really think the Giants are going to win this football game? And I like Dable, but come on. Are they going to beat the Ravens? If they did, you could forget about talking about, oh, it's a nice team and play hard and they're tough. If they beat the Ravens, you can start talking about NFC East. Hell, who knows? Even I might declare the NFC East is over if the Giants win this game. I don't care what the Eagles record is. I don't think the Giants will get a win, but it's still a great spot for them to show what they're made of. Can they be a playoff team? 4-1 usually says, yeah, you know what, they got a shot. I know we don't believe in it, and you look at some of the opponents, they say, oh, well, that's why. But that win in, uh, against Green Bay in London opened people's eyes, and they'd have a chance to really start to... The Giants will be the talk of the NFL if they beat the Ravens. Matter of fact, both the Jets and Giants could be the talk of the NFL if they get wins this weekend. Touch on the Rangers a little bit, too. They start their season red hot 2-0. They get the win in Minnesota 7-3. A couple of goals for Kreider and Capo Caco looked like a stud. Rangers playing really well in the first two games of the year. 877-337-6666. Don is calling from Amityville. What's up, Don? Hey, Sal. How you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, Listen to you every night. Every night. You're the best they have over there. I love you for that, Don. Thank you very much for your loyalty and your support. Just a fact, brother. Just a fact. Ever since the pandemic, I've been listening. Um, okay, um, this is what I'm just going to put a flavor on the Mets here. Uh, I'm as nauseated as the rest of everybody out there. A sick feeling, you know, I've lost. But uh, there's no. Who's the leader? Who would you say is the leader of the Mets? The player, the everyday player. Great question. I'd probably say Lindor. Okay, now can I throw something else here? I listen. He's a great player. He's a nice guy. He's a man of God. I can see pretty much, and, and, and I, I don't mind his flamboyance. But he's like the hugger in chief, you know. I don't know what he that hugs means. Everybody. Well, he he's just too. Uh, he's no. He's no Ray Knight. He's not. He's not. Hernandez and Ray Knight. You want to. You want to fire a guy who's going to hold guys accountable? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I mean. And we didn't even really get that with Buck. Scherzer seems to be that guy, but I don't know. Right. You know, it's different with a pitcher. Right. Uh, I don't know about what goes on behind closed doors. Here's the thing that I would say, Don, is that the common theme coming out of that clubhouse is that they had great chemistry. It's great culture led by Scherzer and Lindor. Everybody loved each other. Oh, I've never been on a team that's gotten along as well. And my thought process goes probably similar similar to where yours goes, Don, in that it would be nice to have somebody to maybe ruffle the feathers a little bit where maybe it doesn't all need to be lovey-dovey. I get that you want to have a good culture and a good clubhouse and you, you want to have guys that get along and good chemistry, but similar to what maybe the Yankees did with Josh Donaldson, maybe the Mets can do that with their clubhouse, bring in somebody that can be, have, be, you know, have a little edge. The memory, the memory is uh, when uh, Eric Davis uh, slid into uh, Bray Knight and, and they cleared the benches. I mean, you knew at that point they were going to win. They were going to beat everybody. You just knew it. Yeah. I, now, I know you can recreate that. I know I'm asking for a lot. Well, but you're also going back to 1986. It was a little different back then. Now everybody wants to love <laughs> each other. Back then everybody wanted to fight each other. Come on, man. It's... I remember. I love Ray Knight punching Eric Davis right in the face. Are you kidding me? 
It's one of the highlights of that season. I'm getting goose pimples. I'm getting goose pimples thinking about it. It was great. That team would fight anybody, any moment, anytime. Didn't matter. They loved each other in a different way. But I don't think that you need that. And thanks for the call, Don. I appreciate you checking in. I, I'm not. You know, you're going to go overboard. Although I will say that, hey, a team that gets hit as much as the Mets did, somebody better be throwing some fists. But they, they just—it's not the same anymore. Here's here are the facts, though. This team was proven to be soft, and it does play into what you're saying about not having a hard-nosed, get-in-your-face type personality on the team. I think Scherzer could be that guy and hold, you know, at least pitchers accountable. I don't think Lindor leads in that way, and Buck didn't show to lead that way. It was even kill Buck the whole way through. It was everything's nice, everything's fine, we're good, we're good, we're good, until it wasn't. And then there was no recovery from that. And then they talk about the chemistry, they talk about the culture, and if I said that they, it feels like they're too nice because of that, and they proved to be soft with the way that they got swept in Atlanta and then manhandled by San Diego, maybe they do need some kind of ruffling of the feathers or some kind of edge in that clubhouse with somebody who, you know, really they didn't, another problem was, remember I've been, I was saying it all year long. You'll learn about this team when they go through adversity. And and look, I know guys got injured, but that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about a six game losing streak. We're going to find out what this team's made of when they go through it. Losing 7 of 10. Six-game losing streak. You know, whatever kind of rough stretch that they have. How are they going to get out of it? That's what I like to see because that's when I feel like we learn about teams. Guess what? They never had that. They never had that rough stretch to learn from until it was too late. Had they gotten swept by the Braves in June or whatever it was, that series where they went down to Atlanta, maybe it was July, where they went down to Atlanta and took two out of three against all odds. Had they gone down there and got swept by them, then then we might have learned something. Then maybe this team would have had enough time to figure it out, how to come out of that. But we never saw it. They never lost more than three in a row all year long. That's unheard of for the Mets. And because of that, We never got to see the up-and-down nature of a normal season. Even the Yankees, who were starting out like the 98 Yankees, they had their up-and-down. They had the great up, then they went way down. Boone, hitting the table. We needed a hit-the-table moment. Never got it. It's just everything was going fine, 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 until boom, up in flames last weekend of the season. And then obviously the wild card, they were never able to recover. But I think there is something to their personality and chemistry and culture. Yes, being being a positive overall, but also maybe missing a little bit of an edge. The other thing I would say about this team is I didn't feel like they were having fun in September. And that is a problem, especially for Mr. Smiles with Lindor. They didn't seem like they were having fun. They were pressing. And they weren't able to get out of it. Jesse's calling from Queens. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Sal. How's everything? I totally agree with you on that. The Mets are soft, too nice. And they have to bring in some guys that are like scruffy and fighters and and not, you know, some kind of leaders. Like maybe a Keith Hernandez type, some some veteran guy to come in and organize the position players. Because they got Scherzer for the pitchers, but they don't have anybody for the position players. Another thing is they need bats. They need bats. Like Atlanta has a full lineup. We need to concentrate on bats. If the ground leaves, it's going to be sad, but we need to focus on bats. Get a real catcher like Wilson Contreras. Get um, uh, That's not uh, happening. They're not getting Contreras. If they would have gotten Contreras, it would have been at the trade deadline. I, I don't okay. think the Mets are in on Contreras. Maybe, maybe Judge, maybe Trey Turner, but we need bats. Maybe Matt Carpenter. If the Yankees don't re-sign him, you can... 
he provides some power and he could be a utility guy. No, there is first. there is not a chance in hell. And I know you're just throwing out names. There is not a chance in hell I would want Matt Carpenter on the Mets. All due respect. You well, know, Matt you... Carpenter is the perfect guy for the Yankees. He was the perfect guy at the perfect time and that stadium. Matt Carpenter would come to the Mets and be a total bust. I feel it in my bones. No way do I want him. So, Sherman, uh, he said he was talking about this uh, Japanese pitcher, uh, Kodei Senga. He's like a Yu Darvish type. He's 40 games over 500 in Japan, and everybody's saying he's coming over. They're gonna, he's going to come over this year. Uh, I, I looked at his uh, his highlights. He looks really good, so maybe he can fill in for Degrom, be that kind of you know number two, number three starter. But we need to focus on bats, get a couple of pitchers, and also that reliever from San Diego, Suarez, has a buyout. He's getting six million a year right now, and they say he's gonna he's gonna use that buyout. And he looked good. He looked pretty good. He's pretty dominant against the Dodgers and the Mets. I would like to have him and Diaz, you know, eighth, ninth inning, closing out for the Mets. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I wouldn't be opposed to an eighth inning guy, a sure thing, lockdown eighth inning guy. I have a feeling, though, the Mets are not going to spend. The Mets will spend on Diaz in the bullpen. They will not spend elsewhere. Now, they're going to have to fill out the roster, but I believe that you're going to get a majority of younger arms in that pen. And now it does depend on where they spend the money. They're going to spend the money. Is it going to be on DeGrom? Is it going to be on a big bat? We'll see. There are many ways to do it. First and foremost, they need to figure out their philosophy. What are they going to try to do? What are they going to try to build? Are they going to build a lineup? Are they going to double down and say, we love the pitching? Want to go pitching, pitching, pitching. Gary is calling from Lincroft, New Jersey. What's up, Gary? Sal, nice to talk to you again. How you been? How are you, Gary? Good, Sal. Thanks. Hey, you know what? I really wanted to talk about Judge, but I got to tell you, Sal, and I'm not blowing smoke, but you make so many points that resonate with me, and I hear the other callers say the same thing. We agree with you with so much. So I got 100 things to talk about, but real quick, you said about the game tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I couldn't agree with you more. Not only the 1 o'clock start, because you're only going to have about 20,000 people in the seat for the top of the first, right? It's, 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 a, it's a rain delay yesterday. It's a second game in eight nights, and you gave Beaver another day. I don't like it. What scares me, Sal, is the line. Yanks minus 140 at home. I don't like it. With Why? Nestor, what, what do you think it should be? They should, with Nestor at home, Yankee game, they should be 170. Yeah, but what, what's the number one factor for those lines? The pitching, I get okay, it. Okay, so Bieber's a star. I mean, that's why I'm scared about tomorrow's game. I know you said they could sweep the series, but I'm worried about tomorrow's game. Well, I mean, I, at one at one forty, I would take the Yankees. Now, look, you might be right because you get a Bieber at a plus price where people maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, people are going to be loading up on the Yankees going against Bieber. I would take the Yankees. I think the Yankees have a better chance to sweep than I do that Cleveland could win this series. No way. Okay, I hope you're right because I would I would bet the Yankees as well tomorrow. Uh, just a quick thing on Judge, all right, if you don't mind. First off, I think the Mets would be crazy to give Judge 10, 10 years, $400 million. He's 31. They had the chance. They want to give somebody 10 years, $400 million. They should have done it with Soto. That's well, the well they, didn't, they didn't have that chance. Not yet. They might in two well, years. You're right. They might in two years, right. But you don't want to do it with a guy who's 31. It's been shown how many times, right? With Miggy and with Pujols. You know, they're good for a couple of years, but it would, it would, it would be – Terrible for the team. Agreed. The I, I, I agree. I don't think it would be terrible for the team. I agree with what you're saying about the long-term contract. And that's why, ultimately, I don't think anybody's going to give Judge $400 million. Now, he might get 350 Maybe he gets 360 or 70 I'm not sure. But, ultimately, I don't think anybody's going to give him. He probably won't, uh, won't even get 350 Well, Well, how could you say that when the guy you wouldn't trade for, Trout, got it, and so did Harper? I mean, somebody's somebody's going to. Well, the the age the age is Is different. You mentioned you mentioned the age being a factor. Yes, you're right. But there's you know how these owners are. Come on, I know I get it. But forty million a year times eight years is three twenty. He's not getting more than eight years. I can't imagine somebody's going to give him a nine year deal. All right, but Sal, listen, he's coming off sixty two. How much money? Does a full house every night bring in a lot of money, right? Sells a lot of shirts, sells a lot of hot dogs. I mean, it's probably economically worth it 
to give the guy ten years, four hundred million, coming off sixty-two. But well, then why I, are you so? Then why are you saying it's going to be a disaster for the Mets? Because long term to build that team, all the Mets, Mets are cut pieces away. They need a catcher. They need a bullpen. No, yeah, but well, again, you're talking about Judge. Catcher, being, they, Mets, Mets got to get a catcher. They got to get a catcher somewhere. No, they have a catcher. They have a catcher. Alvarez is going to be their future catcher. Uh, he said, catch. Look at the difference in Sanchez. Even when Sanchez was hitting 30 home runs, look at how this Yankees played different with Trevino. I, I get it. They, well, like- I get it. I mean, they have Tomas Nito as their primary catcher. Right now, though, catching to me wouldn't be the biggest I, issue. I mean, they. I would. Mm, I disagree. Well, maybe not the biggest. You're right. It's not the biggest. You're going to lose the Grom. I know what the Mets are going to do. They're going to lose the Grom. Jersey will be 4 0. They'll extend him. They'll extend. They'll give a contract to uh, Nimmo. Because they think he's Willie Mays now, which he's a good player, but he's not Willie Mays. He's not up there with Acuna. Well, the world. if they I mean, if they lose if they lose to Grom, they're going to spend that money elsewhere. You know that, right? Yeah, but you, you're not going to win if you spend it on Nemo in center field. It's All right, a, so so not, forget so forget Nemo. Forget I guarantee, about, that look, I guarantee they extend Nemo. I'm not even a Mets fan, so I really don't. It doesn't. I don't care. I just love baseball, and if you want to have a competitive team in, in the what I still call, just to bust the bet fans, chops a little bit, I still say Shea Stadium. But if you want to get a competitive team, get yourself a catcher. No, Gary, here's what the Mets should do. Here's what the Mets should do. They should not sign DeGrom, to your point, not re-sign Nimmo, and they should go give Aaron Judge $400 million bucks. How would you? How would he look in City uh, Field, Shea Stadium, and right field? How would you feel about that? I would, I, I would, I would hate it, yeah. and I would say Judge won't, hopefully doesn't make the same mistake Cano made, but I think it would be, Long-term bad for the Mets as well. Yeah, well, might, I think short-term short, short, term, short term would be short great, term. and thank you for the call, Gary. You know, I mean, the Mets are going to get – see, that's the thing. They will build a – at least on paper, a good team. Now, with who? With what? Who the hell knows? Now, it is not out of the realm of possibility. I don't believe Steve Cohen's going to go all in to get Aaron Judge, but he could if he wants to. Now, is that the right move? That's a different story. I do think it is for many reasons. You know what the first reason is? It would make the Met fan very, very, very happy. That's number one. Very happy. Even with the way that the season ended, even if the Yankees won a World Series, if the Mets signed Aaron Judge, Met fan wins. That's number one. Number two, obviously, they they need power. Well, there is no better power in Major League Baseball than Aaron Judge. Number three, they have the money. If they if they were going to give twenty plus million to Nimmo and thirty plus million to Degrom, that's fifty million a year right there. You can probably sign Judge for forty million. For eight or nine years. Now, I know it's a difference of forty million bucks, but let's say that the Yankees come in at three hundred for the Mets, they might have to go to that ninth year and get to three forty. Forty per year times nine, excuse me, is three sixty. Eight would be what I say it was. Forty times eight is three twenty, right? So they're not gonna get them if the Yankees come in at the same price or near that. No, the Mets are gonna have to they have to give the extra year. An extra $40 million. One more year. So say the Mets go to nine years. Would that get it done? 360, nine years. That would be my offer if I'm Steve Cohen. They're paying Francisco Lindor $341 million bucks. You don't think Aaron Judge would be worth that? At least they got to offer it. And if he wants to stay with the Yankees for you know $40 million less, then you understand. But the Mets wouldn't be doing their due diligence if they didn't. They need power. Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent. This is not, oh, let's not ruffle the Yankees' feathers. It's, hey, I don't care where he comes from. He's a player that I could use. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Alicata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Keep uh, taking your calls till 5 a.m., the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. My favorite show is the only one I listen to because it's uh, on when I'm up driving home for an hour. And then, of course, you got Boomer and Geo after that on this football Friday. We've done lots of – we've really done everything. Been on the air for four and a half hours. I mean, do what you got to do to be able to get through. Uh, it's been the Yankees, it's been the Giants and Jets, it's been the Mets, it's been a little Rangers. We had Taylor Mathis on. If you missed it, check it out on the free Odyssey app. Hottest picks in the game. We went over every game uh, on what is a pretty fun slate in this week six where you get the Bills and Chiefs at four. First of all, you get the two Jets, and I hate when they play at one, but that's just me because I got to watch both. I don't like watching you know two games that I actually have to focus in on at the same time. But either way, Jets and Packers at one. Giants and Ravens at one, must watch. Right into 4 o'clock, Bills and Chiefs, must watch. This is like my version of cool games. And then you have Sunday Night Football, Eagles, Cowboys, must watch. Joe is calling from Long Island. What's up, Joe? Hey, Sal. How are you? How are you, Joe? Love the show, love the show, but I got to call out. You a little bit, but mostly the Yankee fans out there. Like, every call is about the Mets, and the Mets are done. And it's Yankees playoffs today at 1 o'clock. we got two great football teams. I'm going to Green Bay on Sunday to see the Jets. And every call is about the Mets. I think it's December already, and we're worrying about who they're going to get and what they're going to do. Uh, I can't help. I can't help Joe. Who calls? I mean, I I've been talking. I've been trying to talk Yankees. Here's the problem, and this is not just today. This has been yeah. a pattern. Well, yep. for whatever yep. reason, Yankee fans. I, I don't know what it is. Is it the series? Do they not think that it's a big deal? The Met fan is calling and talking about their team. The Yankee fan is not. I'm I know, talk, right, I talk about I, the Yankees. I talk about the I, Yankees passionately, and nobody's calling about it. I mean, I do. You, yesterday, you even called them out. You said, "Where are you, Yankee fans? Where are you, Yankee fans?" And nobody. It's like every call, every call is about the Mets. You know, and right? You know what I hear from Yankee fans? I hear from Yankee fans talking about the Mets. <laughs> they, true, the Yankee fans true. call and say, "Oh, the Mets aren't going to do this, or they can't bring that." That's what, nobody wants to talk about the Yankees. Is it to a point where they're so good it's boring? Like I don't understand it. I'm sure it'll be different against the Astros if we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But uh, love your show. I'm from Long Island, and uh, great job. And uh, I'll report back when I come back from Green Bay. I'm going out to see the game. Have you Lambo. have you been before? No, no, it's my first time, uh, and my my daughter is a Packer fan by marriage now, and uh, so I'm going out with her and her husband, and uh, they've been out before. Uh, and, you uh, you my- are going to have a great time. It is a must. I don't care if you're a football fan. I don't care what you who you root for. Yep. It's a must. It is a must do trip. It's just a great sports yeah. trip. It's such a fun town. I'm jealous. Hey, enjoy yourself, yeah. Joe. That's going to be fun. Yeah, doing the tour on Saturday and 
just the whole experience. Uh, flying out today at three o'clock, so uh, coming back Monday. And were you flying so, into Chicago, or are you going right into Milwaukee? Uh, into Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yep. Well, enjoy, so, Joe. Yeah, report back. Right. Looking forward. to I it. I will do. Thanks, Al. Have a great weekend. You too. And go Jets. I mean, I actually have a buddy, a Milwaukee Wink. He he moved from Long Island and lives in Milwaukee. They invited us out there um, to go see this game. And, you know, because, of course, I'm married with a kid, I really can't. But not only that, I was also, sadly, I know, pathetic me, potentially planning for the NLDS Thinking I would be watching the NLDS? Oh, I can't commit to that. Yeah, Jets-Packers sounds nice in Milwaukee in October, but that's playoff season. If I were single... Oh, my wife might be up right now. The baby's been having issues sleeping. I better watch what I say. Not that I'd ever want to be single again, but if this were 10 years ago, I'd be making this trip. I love, love Lambeau Field. Only went once, and I went in December, and it was snowing. Matter of fact, it was so cold. I went with Eddie Erickson. Remember Eddie Erickson used to produce for Francesa years ago? Matter of fact, on the way to, we left my <laughs> left my apartment at 5 in the morning, or whatever it was, to go catch the flight, and Eddie hits a curb, and we get a flat. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. A flat tire on the way to the airport where we're late as it is to catch a flight? I got to give Eddie credit. He went into Jerry Recco mode and fixed that flat. And we got there on time. But we had a tremendous trip. It was only, I think we stayed two nights. Went to Falcons Packers. What year was this? 2012 or 13 probably. It was snowing and it was the coldest temperature I have ever been in in my life it was so cold that we left the game at halftime as much as I love the scene as much as I wanted to see the game we came on back to the hotel and watched the game on TV watched the rest of it on TV it was that cold I was wearing a you know one of the ski jackets that I had boots multiple layers didn't matter December snow in Wisconsin it hits different that's a different type of cold but you're not going to have to deal with that going in October. And it is the most beautiful football venue, at least in the NFL. I can't speak for the college sports. It's the most beautiful football venue that there is. Lambeau Field. Eric is calling from Ron Conkama. What's up, Eric? Yeah, hey, Sal. Yeah, one of my brothers took my niece to a uh, Packer game last season. So uh, I know he, he did that, and, and they went to uh, uh, Tampa Stadium also. Uh see a game so that uh, they, they did that last season i mean there are, you know there's a lot of cool football stadiums whatever but lambo is i put it on the same level as wrigley field and fenway park they're in a a okay. separate category so so even even with i'm sure it was packed when you went there it's even uh even with the crowd it still was that cold huh uh oh yeah it was not I mean it was it was you know bad snow and those people you know out there they know what they're getting into they all have hunting right. gear and all that so they're in full like you know they're covered head to full toe yeah right yeah. and I'm like oh my god where do you buy that stuff like what are we doing here duck hunting after this game or we're going to look uh, for deer that's funny uh okay two things real quick the uh, you know look I, I I don't expect the Jets to win it'd be great if they do like like you said I hope they're they're competitive I'm just hoping if they if they do pull out a win I hope it doesn't come back to being like oh uh, Rogers had a bad thumb that's why they won and and you know the and the Jets beat Miami because uh, they they had third string quarterback I hope it doesn't fall on that if the Jets are able to pull out a win I, I I'm just you know I, I don't want it to be like excuses. Hey, look, uh, a win's like a win, and you don't have to apologize. Right. And I know the Jeff fans have been hearing that, oh, well, Cleveland gave the game away or all the backup quarterbacks right. and blah, blah, blah. Hey, you win a football game, especially this one, I'd be excited about this if I'm a Jet fan. Now, what you want to have is you, you don't want to have a letdown. You should be excited about it going into the game, but a letdown right. could be could be crushing when you have your hopes up that, hey, maybe you could compete in this game. But I wouldn't worry about it, backup quarterback or not. If they knock Aaron Rodgers out, so be it. And I don't think that's going to happen anyway. Right. 
Uh, as far as uh, a couple of people were talking about the Mets, as far as uh, you know, having a fiery person on the team. First off, I, I just don't think in, in this day and age of sports you, that there's really a lot. Is there even anyone out there like that anymore? Well, I, mean, I look, use look what happened. I use you know, Josh if, Donaldson. If the wrong way. You, you yeah, you you're right. You might be right. That's kind of what I was saying. Where where we're at in society, it's. You know, that's it's not the same as it was in 1986. But Josh Donaldson, for an example, the Yankees brought him in specifically to kind of be, uh, you know, a guy that's going to maybe ruffle some feathers in that clubhouse. And maybe that's what the Mets need. Yeah, but was he was he expected to be like a leader type role? That I don't think so. Uh, he he might have been a, a rough guy to deal with just to have maybe a little bit of that element, but but not as a take charge kind of guy. Uh, I don't believe so. I mean, it's okay to have, you know, someone, uh, you know, a little rough around the edges. But I mean, if you want someone to, to step up and 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 be a leader, you know, and have that kind of attitude, I just don't think that's out there anymore. And I or, also, or, or, or it's hard to find. Right. And I also don't think at this particular point that's a glaring need. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't think it's a glaring need. I don't. I don't think leadership within the Mets clubhouse is an issue. I, I feel like. It was just it was just a very strange season to where they'd never dealt with that adversity where you learned about them trying to respond. Everything went perfectly fine until it didn't at the very end. And then once it didn't, they weren't able to recover. And Buck kept the even keel. Lindor yeah. kept the even keel. Like everybody was like, Oh, everything's fine, we're fine, we're fine, until they weren't. And it's yeah. just now remember. This is the second year in a row. It's totally different than what happened in 2021, but they did have, you know, they were in first place in 2021, and they kept saying, remember, that was when Dom Smith was like, oh, we're in first place, and we knew that they weren't any good, but they kept referencing first place. This year, it was almost like they didn't want to have anything to do with what happened the year before, but it still was first place, first place, you know, not that they said it, but they were in first place the whole year, and they were acting like a first place ball club. But then once they lost it, that was it. It just, uh, and it's you know some of the same guys that it happened to. So uh, I don't know. I uh, you hope that there's not some kind of issue here that this group is just built with a glass jaw and they're not going to be able to recover from it. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> there is always that. Uh... That possibility, but but it's it's uh, again. I, I I believe the you know the off season moves. I think will have a lot to say about that. And, and again, if they like I always always say, they got to address the needs. If they address the needs, so a lot of that I think will fall into place and take care of you know some of the little gaps that are in there. You know, which might include. You know, attitude a little bit as well. Yeah, but, uh, and we'll, you know, we, we have we have some time for that. Yeah, exactly. And thanks for the call, Eric. Appreciate you checking in as always. All right, we're going to take one last break here. We'll finish up with your calls on this side before the warm up show coming up at five a.m. But here's what I'm going to do. We've done a lot of Mets because that caller was right before. A lot of Met fans call up, which is fine. I don't care what you want to do. look. I got five hours. We could talk about everything throughout the course of these five hours, as we did this morning. But next, I only want to hear from the Yankee fans. This is your opportunity here, at least with me here, before I say goodbye for the weekend. Let's talk some Yankees. You got to be fired up. Game two, I know it's been a choppy start to this postseason here with the off day and then the rain delay. I want to hear how the Yankee fan is feeling going into this weekend. Today, game two with Cortez, Severino tomorrow, going up against Bieber today. How the Yankee fan feels knowing that the Astros might be looming as well. Where is the Yankee fan? Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Kind of back on the fan warm-up show with Alan Jerry coming up in about 12 minutes or so. Finishing up. We're doing just Yankees here. That's it. It's a playoff day. The Yankees are in the playoff. The Mets are home. Yankees getting set for game two. Nasty Nestor Cortez on the mound. Many think that Nestor Cortez should have been the game one starter. And he's the Yankees ace. How can you not love Cortez? You heard Boone and Cortez talking uh, was it yesterday or two days ago now? Who knows? I get all confused with this stuff. But either way, 
And, you know, Boone talking about, oh, you guys, you, you, you feel like you can relate to Nestor Cortez. He looks like you. He seems like you. He's relatable, except you can't do what he does. You think you could do what he does, but you can't. Well, I love watching Nestor Cortez pitch, and this will be his first postseason start, and it's going to be an important one because it feels like the Yankees are in total control of this series. It felt like that going in anyway, right? The Yankees playing the an AL Central opponent. Come on, please. Twins, Guardians, doesn't really matter. But it felt like that going in, and then the, to have the performance that they did in game one where Cole got himself out of some early trouble, Bader hits the home run, they tie the game, and the Yankees go on to, you know, hit uh, Rizzo hits a uh, two-run home, and the Yanks tack on a, a, another run, sack fly, whatever. They get the bullpen to do the job after Cole goes six and a third. A nice, clean, crisp win. Great defense as well. And... It feels like, all right, this series is going to be over. In reality, it's not. At least not yet. If Cleveland has any chance of making it a series, it's they have to win today with Bieber on the mound going up against Cortez. And you know, I'm not saying that they will, but this is the one game that you would think that maybe they could. And I know McKenzie's been good, too, in Game 3. But all of a sudden, if the Yankees lose this game, now you have a series and now it's kind of, uh-oh, well, now we're going to Cleveland for game three, tied at one apiece, that might be a little bit of an issue. And maybe some pressure be put on the Yankees. That's why it's an important game here. Feels like the series is in control, but one game can change everything in these short series. And it'd be nice to actually finally get back into the rhythm of the series. And you wonder if the, you know, the Yankees have played one game here since the end of the season. It's ridiculous. The bye does help, but... You wonder if all that sitting around and, you know, waiting around for actual games can have a negative impact. We'll see here. But I just think the Yankees are too good to lose to Cleveland. 877-337-6666. Eli is calling from Washingtonville. What's up, Eli? It's awesome. Listen, man, I think uh, the, the Cleveland, of course, Cleveland was like a safe landing spot for the Yankees, you know. I feel like, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're coming in as a wild card team. You know, we're facing their number three starter, and where we're throwing out, you know, Cole, which I think he's our number three starter also. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, he's supposed to be our ace, and uh, you know, you know, he kind of got rattled there in that inning after giving up that home run, which uh, you know brings it to the point where that this team is not a threat offensively. Where you know Cole could get away with you know being a little shaky uh, and, and getting away with it, where you know in the next round that's not going to happen. Right. You see exactly what the the Astros are doing to the Mariners once the Mariners slip up just a little bit. Well, that's why yeah, I do. I'm not only watching this series, Eli, with the you know just watching what it is with the Yanks versus the Guardians. You're also looking at it. At least I am thinking. Okay, how do the Yankees look? for moving forward to playing the Astros and maybe beyond. So that's important, too. And I, that's why I think this is a big game for them. Take it on the Cleveland ace in Bieber, seeing what that lineup can do, and seeing if Cortez and the Yankee defense can go out there and play another solid game. This is a big game to see what the Yankees are out here. They played one postseason game, and it's been good, but there are still a lot of question marks about this Yankee team. Yeah, of course. You know, I, Listen, you, you know that I'm not a fan of, of this team, uh, from the get-go and how Cashman, you know, constructed his team and the, the moves or the lack thereof that he did in the, in the, in the, you know, the middle yeah, the off season. season the yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, in, in the off season and and now in the, you know, in the, the trade deadline. Well, I mean, they did get they they did get Ben Attendee and he's out. You know, they did get Montas and he's out now. Montas, you know, he stinks. I, they needed to get Luis Castillo and they didn't. And you know that's unfortunate, but they should be able to overcome it. Ben Attendee not having him that hurts. I mean, they made a move to acquire an All Star that would have helped them in the postseason at the top of their order. So there's a you know there's a lot there too. But you know, look, this team was not. It was questioned coming into the year. You're right, Eli. It was questioned coming into the year. They overachieved to start, then they underachieved for a couple of months. Well, here they are in the postseason with a fresh slate. Let's see what they could do. And you know what's what's really gonna what really interests me right now is how Judge performs. Because tell you the truth, I I have a feeling that if Judge doesn't perform to the you know to the to his baseball card you know of this year, mm-hmm. 
I think that will be an escape goal for Cashman to let him go. And that will be a catastrophe in the Yankee universe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that, Eli. And thank you for the call. I mean, it is interesting to think of if Judge does not have a postseason like he did regular season. I'm not saying he's got to hit the equivalent of 62 homers, but you know what I mean. Be an impact bat. Hit some homers, drive in a bunch of runs, hit with average, get on base, all that. And I think he will. It's been one game, one bad game, but we'll see. They're going to pitch him very, very carefully. I mean, this is the best of the best that's left in the postseason. You usually get that. That's why generally we feel like post uh, we feel like in the postseason pitching wins. I don't think though if Judge has a bad postseason, Cashman's going to be like, eh, I don't know, and then use that as an excuse. Well, he didn't perform in the postseason. I really truly believe it's going to come down to money and how far apart they actually are. They might not be far apart at all. Maybe Judge is good with three twenty. Maybe he's good with three hundred. And the Yanks say, fine, let's do it. Which I think would be a no-brainer right now at 300. When you start getting 315, 320, that's where maybe Cashman's like, eh. Now, if they, if Judge prices himself out, Cashman's going to face the music. He always does. I'll say, look, we valued him at this much. We wanted them back. He valued himself at something higher. And you know what? He got it. Somebody gave it to him. We were not willing to go there as a ball club. I don't think it's going to have to do with anything Judge does in the postseason. Michael is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Michael? Uh, Good morning. Uh, So I went to game one, Mm -hmm. and I paid paid $120 for my ticket. Okay. So realistically... When we sign Judge next year, how much am I paying for next year's playoff ticket? I, I don't think it could be much more. They're not going to go up that much in, in in a year, even with Judge. And by the way, doesn't Major League Baseball make the prices on the playoff tickets? I don't know. Yeah, I believe Yankees, I, I believe that they do. <laughs> I believe baseball prices the postseason tickets. Oh. But anyway, for, anyway, I see your point. I think your overall point, Michael, is that with Aaron Judge resigning and the Yankees spending, you know, th- upwards of three hundred million dollars on him, you know, the fans are going to pay in in one way, shape, or form. But it's not like tickets are cheap now, anyway. I, I, I figured forty million for eight years would be more than enough. And if he's not taking that, fine, you can walk. Well, I think that that will be the attitude. From Brian Cashman, possibly, Michael, and thank you for the call. $40 million a year, which is a lot, at eight years because of his age, is three twenty, And that's kind of the number that we came up before and really been the number that we've been around all year long. The question is, let's say that the Mets come in and give one, or not the Mets, let's just say the Giants. And the Giants come in and say, yeah, we'll give you the extra year. Nine-year deal that gets it up to three sixty. That's probably what we're looking at. I can't imagine any more than three sixty, and that's very high end. If he got more than that, I'd be surprised at this point. Doing the math all year long, like we have, I think Judge is going to get between three fifteen and three fifty-ish, and like I said, max. Max would be the 40 for nine. And that would that's probably what's going to take to get him to leave the Yankees, if he would. Would he leave for the extra year, 40 million bucks? I don't know. Go, go home to the Giants. I don't know if he'd do it for the Mets. He might do it for the Giants. I have no idea what Aaron Judge is thinking. Other than, I'm about to get paid. Right now, I know what Aaron Judge is thinking. He wants to win a World Series. And, oh, hey, CeeLo. I just saw CeeLo at SNY. Did you go home and sleep? I live too far for that, pal. Oh, you stayed here. No wonder you're on time. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I feel like, I mean, I saw you before. My day hasn't changed. I'm still doing the same thing. What day is it? Who the hell knows? Friday is the answer. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm getting out of here in a couple minutes. This is my weekend. Leave me alone for the weekend. I'm done. That's it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, where was I? Judge right now is thinking of the World Series. That's it. 
he wants to win a World Series badly. And especially, and I hate to look ahead, but especially if the Yankees go at it again with the Astros, which is the dream matchup. That's what we want. Today's a huge game. Huge game. Every postseason game means something, but today's a huge game. Because if Cleveland wins, it's a series. And then all of a sudden you start to think, oh, you know what? Maybe they can get themselves back in the series from a Cleveland perspective, I'm saying, and be a dangerous team in round one. Which, my goodness, if it ever goes sideways on the Yanks this early in the postseason, it, as I said the other day, this would be a worse disaster. The Yankees losing in the DS to the Cleveland baseball team would be a worse disaster than the Mets losing in the wild card round of the Padres. At the very least, it'd be equivalent. I got to be honest with you, there's nothing that I love hearing more than that music on a Friday morning. <laughs> Get me the hell out of here. I'm beat. It, is a, it has been a long week. I'm exhausted. Take a little break. And I'm looking forward <laughs> And I'm looking forward to watching some Yankee baseball this weekend and the huge slate of football games, especially the Jets and the Giants. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Sus filling in for Fleegs. Excellent job, as always. Thanks to everybody who listened. And who called, we appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the afternoon playoff game out of the stadium. Game two. We'll be back with you on Monday morning. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. We'll see you later. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.